0: Why do you want to be a lobby boy? Who wouldn't? At the Grand Budapest, sir. And so my life began. Junior lobby boy in training under the strict command of Monsieur Gustave H. Many of the hotel's most valued and distinguished guests came for him. I, him. I love you. I love you. She was dynamite in the sack, by the way. She was 84. Mm, I've had older. This was also when I met Agatha. She's charming. She's so charming. Is he flirting with you? Yes. I approve of this union. I became his pupil, and he was to be my counselor and guardian.
1: The police are here.
0: Tell them I'll be right down. She's been murdered, and you think I did it.
1: Hey! Stop!
0: You're looking so well, darling, you really are. I don't know what sort of cream they've put on you down at the morgue, but I want some. This is Madame D's last will and testament. To Monsieur Gustave H. I bequeathed the painting known as Boy with Apple. Wow.
2: What? Who's Gustav H?
0: I'm afraid that's me, darling. If I
1: learn you ever once laid a finger on my mother's body, living or dead. I go to bed with all my friends.
3: We need to make a plan for your survival. Hide this. It's in code, and you might need a magnifying glass to read it, but it tells you exactly where and how to find Boy With Apple.
2: I'm a baker. I'm not a fence, if that's the term.
1: I want roadblocks at every junction for 50 kilometers. I want railblocks at every train station for 100 kilometers. Get in! I want 50 men and 10 bloodhounds ready in 5 minutes. Now, if you dare, down a rickety staircase into a dank, dark basement, what awaits? The Saturday Night Freak Show.
0: (laughs) And welcome back, friends and lovers, to the amazing Saturday Night Freak Show podcast. I'm your host.
1: (laughs) Those are the pyrotechnics that go with the name.
0: Uh, I think we should do that. Like, you this Saturday Night Freak Show. Yeah, <sighs> your, your uh, iPod the like explode. explodes, your fireworks. Are no, we got to have, have one of those like
1: sparklers next? Not time. on the screen <laughs> now. now bro- broadcasting from an underground command post. Yeah, at the Saturday Night Freak Show. <laughs>
0: there you go. I'm your host, Colin. I'm surrounded by a bunch of internet radio superstars: Travis, sean Brent. And every week we do the Freak Show, every week we watch a movie, and then we gather around the bar and talk about it tonight. That was uh, a long week. Ooh, that was a long week <laughs> since that last movie. Wow. Since that Damn. Last one. Feels like forever. Yep. Tonight's pick was Brent's, and he's classing up the joint with some... We don't always watch, like, schlocky stuff. Every once in a while we go for a little highbrow entertainment. We do, Yeah. Yeah, I guess, uh, is this, yeah, well, this okay. eyebrow. We, we watched,
3: uh, The Grand Budapest Hotel. Whoa, and we're all a little smarter because <laughs> we, a little uh, bit. Now we see the world differently, right? Well, we're
1: all
2: a little more pretentious. <laughs> I got a lot
1: about it out of this movie. Well, you don't
0: have to be pretentious, or you can be just a, you know, you can get, like, an actual learned...
1: It's experience. quirky. Wes Anderson movies have that quirky, like... It's like is that funny? It's kind of funny.
0: <laughs> it's
1: like actually funny though. I, I no, this is funny, oh, this was very but, funny. Know, Just it's, the way like people walk to like a door, you know, just the way people act and walk in these movies. They're just It's
0: it's precise. I watch it like as yeah. three yeah. guys would wander like from screen left to screen right. Yes. They had the same eight pacing eight spacing yep. between them. All the way down Yeah. <laughs> was, right yeah. What year is this? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Concentration.
1: It's from
3: 2013. 2013. Um, I believe. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, because it was
1: Christmas, right? Yeah. 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 Okay. Had no Oscar yeah. nods, anything, nominations. I, may have been
3: for, maybe for script. Yeah, it, there may have been something. Something. Something
2: was, somebody was nominated for something. I didn't but do much research on it. There, no, no, <laughs> no, no, this there, was a grab. This was a grab and page. dash. <laughs> so, like, like, so how'd you how you pick this movie? Yeah, yeah. It was, it was, the there was, You must have a long history with this movie to pick it and bring it to the freak show. You just love West For
3: East. well, for the last two weeks, I'd been telling these guys that uh, I had narrowed my next choice down to three different films. And those three films was either Badlands, Terrence Malick, Martin Sheen, Sissy Spacek, or it was going to be Koyaanisqatsi, which. I, I'm that? still not ready to show that one because I'm just afraid of what's going to. It doesn't to sound
1: happen. like a movie. It's well, it's, doesn't sound like a movie.
3: That's sounds debatable. Like a, it Sounds like a drink, but it, yeah. Um, or else, Back to the Future Part Two. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. I forgot. I, I own two of them, and I forgot both of them at my <laughs> apartment. So <laughs> I I quickly hit up the video store, and well, like really, this was like the thing I saw that I wanted to touch, and it turned out to be a good thing.
0: And you had seen it before. I had so seen movie. it before. Okay. Yeah. So this is the first time for the rest of us watching it. It's yeah. pretty much still a new, new movie.
2: Yep, it was new releases. Well, if you got it from certain video store, it would be yeah. a new release for two years. That's true. you sit on that yeah. wall. Yeah.
0: Well, I'm curious, like, what's the uh, the assessment of Wes Anderson, filmmaker? I mean, we were briefly talking about, like, his uh, catalog of movies, which actually fewer than I thought. You know, I thought he had done more more movies, to be honest with you. Right. So, maybe we should bring the listeners up to speed with what they are in case.
3: Well, he started with Bottle Rack, um, and then he went to Rushmore, which I think was like a huge success. It was a huge success. Mm. And then he followed that up with Royal Tenenbaums, which was another... Yeah, pretty big one. Big one. And then he did The Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou.
1: Which a lot of America fell off.
3: Well, yeah, yeah. They they kind (laughs) of... It was a different writing partner, and they kind of just didn't really they were ah, okay you know like even myself i saw it at the theater i think christmas day and i went out of it thinking that it just really didn't didn't you know didn't jive with me but then i bought it and watched it over and over again and like it was, it's an acquired <laughs> force you wanted like to it. like yeah well yeah i mean when it I comes to after rushmore like i was on board with wes anderson anything he was doing like I don't own all of his films, but I've definitely seen them all multiple, multiple times. It, it was. It really is. <laughs> so, yeah, Steve Zissou, I came around to it. Um, and then he did Darjeeling Limited. I didn't see that until it was out in video. But, again, it was kind of like a what? And then, like, the more and more I watched it, the better it got. Um, and yeah. then Fantastic Mr. Fox was next. Which is a uh, like completely animated movie. Yeah then I think that was another big hit. And then Moonrise Kingdom, and then Grand Budapest Hotel. And there was a short in there. Um, it's like a companion piece with Darjeeling Limited. It was the uh, Hotel... Chevalier. Chalet? Chalet? Che- Chevalier?
2: The Chevalier? Chevalier? I don't know. Chevalier? <laughs> <laughs> I've never yeah,
3: seen it. I don't know what you guys are talking something. about. Something. I haven't seen either. I just, it's that <laughs> Which, like, and short. as far as a companion piece, I mean, you really don't need that short film... I mean, there's, like, I think Natalie Portman's in one scene in Darjeeling Limited, like, one shot. Oh, really? Yeah. So it just gives you more backstory on one of the characters.
0: So his style is, like, well, I mean, this, this time around watching it, I got, like, a, you know, very, a more distinct lock on, like, what his visual style is. Yeah, which is it's very odd. I mean, it's precise, and I don't want to keep using the term Kubrickian, but it it, it is. seems like his eye and Stanley Kubrick's eye for like composition and framing is very similar. It's
1: every every frame is like a beautifully composed thing. Then even if they're going right. to move the camera, they move it to another just beautifully, beautifully composed, composed uh, picture. anybody
2: else notice the model work in this movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was another thing. Does it's he really... do that a lot in his previous stuff? I haven't seen a lot of. Yeah, kind of, doesn't he?
1: There,
3: yeah, well, I mean, I think after Mr. Fox, I think was it he, after Mr. Fox he got into that more. I always thought
1: kind of it's carry. like was kind of like a weird like Terrence yeah. Yeah, kind of or or Gilliam or Terry Gilliam thing. Puts it
0: right in
2: the rest of the yeah. save money on. Any, on uh, where those
0: came out know, too. Did they do? I don't remember. Um, like model. just model shots.
3: Well, they, they would do like there was the church when they're on the roof. I mean, there's mm-hmm. almost it's even like almost
0: mm-hmm. like it's. Well, did it. It's Royal... a set, maybe. That yeah. One, but... it, it looks artificial, even though it's supposed to be, like, an yeah. outdoor...
1: Didn't Royal right. Tenenbaums have, like, each segment starting with, like, a picture? Like, just, like, a drawn picture of, like, whatever yeah, well, house or whatever, like...
3: It's the chapters from the book, and I think there are some drawings in there, too. But, yeah, because his brother does all of his artwork for him. Wes Anderson's brother does, like... Oh, really? You know, like, that style of painting that's in, like, oh. every single one of his films.
0: Mm. The boy with the apple?
3: No, well, not that. It's more of like a childlike art. Uh, oh. Like, it's it's like weird paintings. Royal Tenenbaums has a like Yeah, I
1: want to say the cover of Royal Tenenbaums, didn't it? That, like the oh, Criterion yeah, the oh, have and that of right like, yeah. Yeah, like kind of yeah, like... It's like cutout almost. Yeah, or kind of like it almost a looks, a like, looks like... I mean, it almost looks like grade school type drawing, you but you know like good like? grade school
3: drawing. <laughs> it's a lot like Where's Waldo. Like, that's <laughs> what I think of when I see his stuff. But, it, you know, it's a definite style. Well, oh,
0: sorry.
3: Go ahead. And yeah, it's I think what the the two things that uh, Wes Anderson and uh, Kubrick have in common is like the center of the screen. You know, it, they don't deal with like the rule of thirds. It's like everything is just like dead center in the in the middle of the screen. And even like with the quick pans, like you guys are saying, mm-hmm. it goes to, like there's that video online where like they take like a dotted line and put it right down the center of the screen. And then they go through, like, all different clips from his films, and, like, everything is just, like, dead they on. Do. Everybody
0: right. just kind of comes up the middle.
3: Yeah, yeah.
2: Right. Well, it's, yeah.
0: it's it's a symmetry that if you split the yeah. middle of the screen, one side should look, you know, as a mirror of the other one. Yes. Because Kubrick does that, too, you know. But the thing that I was watching on specifically on this one was the way that he moved his camera. Like, they would always – I mean, the camera would move uh, – you know, it would do these pans where other movies, like it, he would basically like just rotate the camera. It mm-hmm. wasn't like the camera actually moved through space; it just rotated. It would yeah. swivel, I guess. Yeah. You know, the camera had swivels, and then there would be push ins and dollies in, dollies out. it so would be zoom ins and quick zoom outs. But then there was also like a lot of like dollying along the uh, the x axis. Everything would move; you'd just move sideways. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. that was kind of interesting.
3: Yeah, and uh, he also like this is the first film. I mean, besides maybe Bottle Rocket was four by three, but uh, I don't, I'm not sure about that. But this is the first film where he like basically the whole movie is four by three for an aspect ratio. And he, I've always thought of him as like a widescreen director. But even in the four by three, I mean, he fits so much into the mm-hmm. into the frame. That also like,
2: helps with everything coming up the middle, like it being boxed out in four yeah, by three. It's that, just, yeah, it's, that just yeah, that just kind of uh, puts focus on everything being in the middle yeah. more. Yeah,
0: and the, the aspect ratios. I mean, this movie does switch between four by three and two thirty-five to one widescreen, and then there's some uh, like sixteen by nine or one eighty-five to one. But it, yeah, it's it's uh, letterboxed. So, right. so that was kind of weird because when you watch this on video at the beginning, it says you please set your monitor to sixteen by nine, which I thought like that was interesting because you never use it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like in the entire, you know, but it's like that change of aspect ratios in the movie is done to like uh, illustrate a different period of time.
3: And there, I mean, like the girl walking up to the in the beginning with the keys and the, you know, his monument was that his gravestone
1: or yeah, it was, was it his gravestone? I don't know. Or just a statue just like a monument to him. Had to
2: set on just a statue of him for yeah. him. It, That it, well, was, it was in a cemetery. yeah Oh, yeah. No,
1: it wasn't a cemetery. Was sure. Oh, was it? And and it was called something cemetery, cemetery. The yeah, Lutz I guess Cemetery. It was. Yeah, yeah, it was a cemetery.
3: Yeah. For sure. And that was straight up sixteen by nine.
0: Yeah, but it was it was there was a bar a border. On, was there all around, Yeah, because I was looking at that, going like, why is there a border around everything? But it oh, was all the way 9. around. Yeah. Because huh. then when
3: they go to what's his face doing like the it's like a TV show or something, you know, he's talking straight to the camera. And that's more of a... Tom Wilkinson. Yeah, Tom Wilkinson, author.
0: Yeah. Well, he plays the same character as Jude Law. Jude Law is that character in 1940s. 60s? 68? It was the 60s. And then yeah, they go yeah, back yeah, to 30s. So we're assuming that the girl reading the book, the framing device, you only see her like twice at the beginning and at the end, she's reading the book, The Grand Budapest Hotel, in uh-huh. the present day? Yes Uh, I mean you uh, would assume I would assume
3: And then (laughs) uh, then Wilkinson is
0: from 10, 20 years ago And then he's remembering His youth In the 60s And then he meets a guy Who tells him a story From the 30s Yeah So that's why They're using the aspect ratio To illustrate (laughs) Which time period You're in Right Yeah
3: and let's talk about, I mean, who all these actors are, because this thing is chocked full. Like, Wes Anderson always, chock full nuts. he starts with, like, an ensemble cast, and then with each film, like, everybody that he's worked with comes back, and then the cast just keeps growing. You know I <laughs> Pretty mean?
2: soon he's just going to have it's, Bill Murray working in the background. Yeah, it's yeah. so many people to well, that's,
3: Yeah, it started with Bill Murray and Jason Schwartzman, and now, like, there are more cameos in these later films. It's just, yeah. there's so many people.
1: <laughs> And um, um, what well, Luke Wilson was the first. Bob- yeah. yeah, Bottle Rocket. Yeah.
3: yeah, Luke Wilson and Owen Wilson. Yeah,
1: yeah. You yeah. yeah. don't see Owen Wilson returning much for his movies. Wasn't Owen Wilson?
2: He was in this. Was he? Yeah,
0: yeah. Who was, yeah. yeah. was he in this? He
2: showed up later as one of the, the replacement concierge. Shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Luke
0: Luke was
2: not in this. No. Owen Wilson. That's what I meant.
3: Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah you got oh, Owen foot flapped. Right. Yeah, yeah. but Luke was in
0: Bottle Rocket.
3: Yeah, Luke was in Bottle Rocket and Royal Tenenbaums.
0: Yeah, because there's an Indian guy in this, wasn't he in Zisu? Yeah, Indian concierge. Yep. No, Bruce Willis though. He works with him a a lot. I mean, (laughs) would you bring Bruce Willis? Yeah, 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 I hear he's hard to work
3: with. (laughs) Yeah. uh, He's great in
0: Moonrise Kingdom, though. I mean, I I really enjoyed that movie.
3: He is great. Um, But yeah, I mean, you've got Harvey Harvey Keitel's back. Um, Well, Ralph is it Ralph Fiennes or Rafe 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 Rafe. Rafe. Rafe Fiennes? Fiennes Doesn't know how to
0: pronounce his name. It's spelled R A L P H. That's Ralph. 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 Is is he rail? 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 Ralph. Ralph. Oh, that sounds (laughs) like an old cartoon. Ralph. Ralph. That was a cartoon, right? Ralph Ralph Fiennes. Ralph.
3: Ralph Fiennes. Fiennes. He's the star. He was awesome. He's great. Very good. Fantastic. I I love my favorite Ralph Fiennes.
1: Almost any actor. Like Red Dragon was my favorite Ralph Fiennes. Uh, Like everything he does, I'm like, this is
0: genius. He's I, a I concierge well. at the hotel in the in the '30s segment, right? And becomes like the main, you know, main plot driver of the movie. Yeah, really.
1: Yeah, he's like the dude that like sets up. What there's the guy that that Jude Law is talking to, that tells him about like Mary
2: Abraham. Hmm, that
1: tells him about that other guy.
2: The oh. <laughs> oh, He's
3: he's talking to Schwartzman,
2: right? Talks to Schwarzman, who tells him the story about. F- uh, what, what is F. Murray Abraham's character's name? The kid. Zero. Zero, yeah, yeah. zero. So
0: yeah. this writer, played by both Tom Wilkinson and Jude Law, meets a uh, reclusive. Uh, they thought he was a millionaire. The owner of the Grand Budapest Hotel. Like, the place is run down and gone to seed. But this guy owns it. And it turns out that he used to be a lobby boy in the 30s, and he worked for um, the Ray Fiennes concierge. Who was the greatest concierge the, yeah. Of all time. Yes, yeah, <laughs> The greatest. But <laughs> he's romancing all these old ladies. Oh, afraid, and Tilda Swinton's <laughs> in the movie. Uh, yeah. like yes. you know, Unrecognizable old lady yeah. makeup. And it's like, because she's in Snowpiercer. And in Snowpiercer, she's got like a wig and dentures. And I'm like, is there a movie where she just like looks like herself? Or is she always trying to... She was Michael Bob Dylan in that Bob Dylan biopic. Was she, really? she? Yeah, she plays Bob Dylan. Really? Yeah. I thought Kate Cl- uh,
2: Blanchett was the only one to play female Dylan.
0: I thought it was Tilda Swinton. No,
2: well, it's
3: Kate Blanchett.
0: Okay. Yeah, if there was only one. No, it was Kate Blanchett. It was it was Cate Cate Blanchett. Was also they only like, let women play
1: Bob Dylan.
3: Yeah, right. Well,
0: I think in one of the segments, and then there's <laughs> she was the guard. She was Angel Gabriel in Constantine, which is probably she like was. the biggest. You know, no one saw that. <laughs> she, was in, uh, she was in Michael Clayton. She won an Oscar for that. Yeah, probably. but that was again prosthetics. No, so not Michael like. Clayton. Yeah, because she made herself look a little like. Uh, Isn't that what a good puppy. actor is, though? To me, yeah. to me, that's what
1: a good actor She's is. Like, a, I don't like the Tom Cruises of the world because they just show up on set I'm just and fucking talk whatever's in the script, and then they go home. They do. They put nothing in towards like you're going to do a voice or a, no, no voice. Okay, Tom. Yeah. Uh, these people fuck, can be you, like, the, you know he's like, British, Tom, right? <laughs> How about a like a lazy eye? No, okay, nothing. Okay, you're just gonna be Tom Cruise. Half retarded. Can you at least uh, get out of the fucking risky business underpants for the movie <laughs> like? Yeah, but, right, I mean, I guess, uh, you
3: can't say that about Tom Cruise because he did the Traffic Thunder guy. Which was uh, wow. that was the one time. Yeah, the
1: yeah, one time. That's was. not his acting career. That's not like something <laughs> he's known for and, uh, and he Jesus. didn't even do a voice. He was still tall, Cruise, <laughs> just with a wig, and he just cursed a lot. He didn't even do a, a voice. <laughs>
3: born on the 4th of July.
1: Oh, come oh, on, yeah, born yeah, on the 4th yeah, of July. Yeah, yeah. He looked a I little folding, I'm sorry. He look, and, see, the, and he sat in a see. wheelchair. If, if that's makeup, I guess, <laughs> sitting in a wheelchair. <laughs> you know, he really looks crippled. <laughs> that's actually. <laughs> Did epic. you see him
2: not move his legs? Not Oop. an ounce. <laughs>
3: that, that wheelchair was just a crutch.
0: Like <laughs> a crutch. Yeah. Uh, 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 <laughs> <laughs> Well, this Swinton's like the female uh, Gary Oldman, right? They're chameleonic, chameleonic, yeah, chameleonic uh, actors who can lose themselves in a performance by piling on the prosthetic makeup. But yeah, I mean, it was like, is that her, or is this a really old woman? But she's the old lady that gets the plot moving. Her, di- she's a rich old lady that uh, Ray Fiennes has been romancing, and she dies. And then there's a question about what's her he, will, and she's a part of a, you know, a big family. Wealthy, what, what, what's it, he
2: call her? Where he's, take, take hold of my hand. And it's like, oh, dear Lord, what is this devilish color of varnish on your fingernails?
0: <laughs> you don't like it. I find it repulsive. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of physically, physically repulsive.
1: <laughs> <laughs> where,
3: where is she going? Or he's like, fucking Minsk? Or, or I forget where <laughs> he's appalled by that, the fact that, like, she wants him to go with
1: him. yeah that's what's so funny so about the good. character he's poetic until something strikes him by surprise and he'll just like let out like whatever <laughs> <Yeah>. cause <laughs> like
0: American obscenity well cause that's what, know, what I get obscenity. from this character
1: right? I get from this character that yeah he was like some street level kid right uh-huh. and then he's been working his way up to this point of being like you know so like high society knowing you know whatever Romancing these rich old ladies to kind of swindle them out of, or at least that's how I felt about it. Like it felt like he was swindling her out of the hotel.
2: Not even swindling, but he just does it, and they he give just him does things.
1: it. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. he didn't seem necessarily like, but he's uh, hoping for it.
3: I
2: yeah. mean,
1: he he expects it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like they, it's like he, in a way, he's kind of like a deceitful character, but the movie doesn't portray him like that whatsoever. It's almost like a almost like a naive innocence that he has. Like, oh, we just romance and we just do whatever and if they yeah. give me something, you know, yeah. that's what I hope for. And yes. yeah. you know, but it's weird. It's just weird how uh, how they do it.
2: Yeah.
1: And so yeah, what what he's got a Well, Adrian
3: Brody's the kind of the head of the family at this point of Tilda Swinton's, you know. She's he's I'm guessing he's the the son, the, son, the oldest or whatever. And then there's what, there's three sisters
1: oh yeah that's they're but, funny and they that, all talk simultaneously at the same time it's like none of them talk by themselves <laughs> they all like blah, blah, blah. that's so
0: funny <laughs> the greatest line at the funeral was like where's Cecilia she's dead <laughs> you idiot this yeah. is her we're at her funeral or at her reading of the will yeah
3: <laughs> so disgusted yeah Willem Dafoe is like the muscle Behind
0: the family, like some He's, Ukrainian or Russian. I don't yeah, because this like takes place. Thug? This is German or
1: something. I mean, I don't know if Swiss, it sounds Swiss. It's, yeah, I thought it was Swiss. The German. I don't know why I mean, it just feels it's Swiss. It, yeah. yeah, it's just. Uh, I mean, well, it's I was, a made-up country. Right? That's what I, mean, I was right. thinking. That's right. what I was like, right. I was like there's, something's made up. But about. It's like they the Swiss Alps. But they're yeah. giving, but they're you know, they're giving you hints of like, oh, here's the SS, even though it's the ZZ. Mm-hmm. The zigzag division. Yeah, the zigzag division. <laughs> so
0: there's no Nazi flags h- hanging anywhere in the movie. It's a ZZ. It's a which, ZZ, ZZ you know, you know. which, one? on, right, yeah. right,
1: right, right. Which is right, kind of right. interesting, because right. I
0: was still looking at that, going, like, why would you make that determination? I mean, why wouldn't you set it in a real country? Why wouldn't you use the real SS? And it's like, maybe by doing that, you know, it kind of gives you more, you know, liberty where you're not drawing, you know... Unwanted connections.
2: Maybe, maybe not to take those elements of the story too seriously. Maybe. Yeah, maybe.
0: Yeah, that's what um, yeah, I mean. Because, I mean,
1: I was telling these guys that the uh, the, the rich family that, uh, you know, the, the old woman that dies, when they're going to their house, their family crest is a red shield with a black bird on it, which a red shield... At least to me, I don't know everybody else, you know, but a Red Shield, the Red Shields were the Rothschilds in Germany, you know, Red Shield, Rothschild, blah, blah, blah. So, to me, they're at least making something of a connection between, these are the Rothschilds, here's the fucking German SS, yeah, they're not them, quote-unquote, but they are them, you know, (laughs) (laughs)
0: quote-unquote. So, they're free to, like, you know, use these kind of, you know, use... Types without actually saying right. but uh, yeah
3: and still fit within the quirky mold of a Wes Anderson film because I've never felt like any of his movies were set in reality right you know, no I mean, none of them they're
1: all that like weird uh, hyper reality yeah it's, it just strikes me as a filmmaker that like just just got his sense of humor or his you know whatever just from foreign films you know it seems like he just you know because i mean just yeah. as paid just i mean the comedy alone is like man it's just the. Uh, well yeah i mean the comedy
3: the setups seem foreign but the payoffs the reactions seem like something that an american would do you know the the boorish kind of like everything that he says is like you know with the cursing and the oh like when willem dafoe falls off i'm
1: yeah. falls oh off God. the edge.
3: And he's, what does he say? Oh, he, he fucking goes, oh, boy, got, shit, him. You got him. Oh, shit, you got him.
1: Yeah, he's like reciting a poem, like as he's about to die. Oh, shit, you got him. Uh, uh. Yeah. But that, I thought mean, was cool because we didn't have to go into his past. You know, you had that one time where the kid, because he's like teaching his, like, the main kid. <laughs>
0: Which is the zero? The millionaire zero. It's the, the hotel. Yeah. It's him as a, as no, a no. the kid. No, I'm as, kidding, I'm kidding,
1: I'm the kidding. kid asks him if uh, he was ever a lobby boy. And a lobby he's boy. He's like, what do you think? You know, I, you know, I got all this awesome blah 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 blah. But of course, you know, towards the end, he <laughs> remembers I candy. was. You know, I was a lobby boy. And yeah.
0: Well, the character. I mean, the Ray Fine's character. He's uh, exceptionally like uh, detail oriented. <laughs> Very punctual. I mean, like, he's a guy who runs, like, by clockwork. I think one of the earliest things when we meet Zero is to send him off to, like, like take this, you know, whatever, this coin, go to a. Uh, Flower shop, but buy the, free, the flowers. Go to the <laughs> buy the chapel. three quarter inch
2: candle, light it. Yep. Go yeah, go to the yeah, thing. Give me some chocolate. Back.
0: Is any money back? <laughs> give to the, yeah.
2: the shoe shine boy? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, all this like rattled off at you know high speed dialogue, which was kind of great. But he's also like a poet. Did he have books? He Did had he a collection. That uh, read, I don't
1: know if they, they said he. Wrote. I don't think they said he wrote it. He yeah. just said the only thing I own is a is some ivory like handled somethings. And I don't a know if he says Civil War poetry. or something like that and his uh, book of Ameri- uh, po- uh, like yeah poetry classics romantic poetry my collection of romantic poetry
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> oh, <laughs> he's just God. such
0: a character he is and awesome when he ex- I mean because that's what I thought was really funny about this movie it's like you know it's like you got this really like well-heeled kind of you know distinguished gentleman who like when he would you know, explode and these like, Oh fuck. <laughs> and it'd be like, it would, it, you know, they use the profanity as, as a joke. Okay. The fact that it, you know, All of a sudden, it's just coming out of of him. It's, like, so
1: refined, and then he breaks it that, you know, he just goes, he reverts back to some, like, street kid.
2: (laughs) Or he's like, (laughs) that's wonderful. I'm going to interrupt you now because the siren's going off. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
3: He's, you know, I mean, he's, like, personality-wise, he's a jack-of-all-trades because he he can deal with, you know, the hoity-toity in a hotel. Setting or even in the prison, you know he's he brings his hoity-toityness to the prison, but also he's fine with like you know conversing with these known criminals. But I least. think
1: what it is is earlier in the movie he says something about like no matter how evil somebody is, no matter if you treat them with with some sort of like love or special you know whatever, they're gonna like repay it back mm-hmm. or whatever. So he just has that all through his life. Like it's like I don't even think it's the idea that he is a jack-of-all-trades but he's so good at like whatever he's able to get everybody to do things for him and you know because he's like we've got to write a letter then he like tells the kid to like you know to write it down (laughs) right (laughs) you know he's so used to like Like I like how disappointed he was in the kid. Like I told you to get the disguises, get the... the, 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 You couldn't even do that. You
0: know he's so used at like putting out all the demands
1: of like he knows what to do, but he just depends on other people to do it.
0: Yeah, yeah. But I mean, I suppose that comes from like you know he was as a conscient or as the lobby boy. You know their their goal is to anticipate. You know what everybody's going to need. You know, and then he moves into the state where he's able to, you know, like command these people and guide them and direct them in what he knows this is how you service the customer. Of course he's servicing, you know, the old ladies on the side also. But I think that's part of that's Wait, part what of do, his personality. What do you yeah. <laughs> he likes the understand. blonde, whatever like she was blonde. she was fantastic in bed. She was eighty four. I've had older. I've had older. <laughs> <laughs> Why older. were they blonde?
2: <laughs> because they were. <laughs> yeah. But I think
0: that was an extension of his personality, right? It's like he wanted to like take care of their needs so yeah. much that it extends it to the bedroom. Yeah, he doesn't oh, yeah. see
1: he doesn't see the age; he just sees the idea that you know everybody needs something or
0: yeah. Right. And that extends, like I said, and he ends up in prison because oh uh, when the when the old woman is you know is uh, she, but she dies
1: strychnine poisoned.
0: Yes. He's assumed to be the culprit, so that takes Because the to whole prison. family
1: like falsifies a document saying that he went there somehow the night before, before he actually showed up. So, right. Yeah.
3: yeah. And we should mention the executor of her will is uh, Jeff, Jeff Goldblum. Goldblum. Jeff Goldblum. I was
1: surprised no stuttering this whole movie. No uh, Goldblum. Ah, uh, ah. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> no,
0: but, but see, that's why I was wondering if that was if that was direction. It's like could be okay, like oh, don't yeah. stutter, dude. Like, I yeah. want you to be exactly this because there was that one scene where he was laying out like where he had the photos of, yes. you know, what happened at the crime scene, where he stares directly into the camera. So I'm like, he's got to be reading this or something, I don't know. But, I mean, it's still a convincing, you know, yeah. performance that he's giving you. I almost think he's a better he actor. doesn't break eye contact as he, like, lays this whole thing out. Yeah, it was impressive. Like, but, without the Wes stuttering, Anderson, well, a Well, Wes Anderson actor.
2: didn't let him rest on that. It's just like, no stuttering. Because
0: yeah. yeah. that's his
1: yeah. acting, like... Don't do it. That's his thing, right? Like... I mean, he's like I know how to be a realistic actor. I'll dino. stutter. Dino, dino, <laughs> droppings. Drop, Dropping? drop, dro- droppings, <laughs> 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 droppings. I have to go back dro- and watch oh,
3: Steve Zissou, but I don't think he does it in that either. I think. Oh, is he in that one he's too? In that one. Yeah. Or is it- yeah. But it's
0: like he, I mean his you know his manner mannerisms are all very uh, very measured. Very, yes. you know everything's very slowly laid out and you know very methodical. Which was awesome. He was a... like every almost everybody. I think him. that yeah.
2: extends just to the filmmaking in itself. Like Wes Anderson seems like a very measured out. Well, he was a exactly storyteller. Just, right.
0: just like him
1: walking into the room, you know as soon as he gets up there and this music just, starts yeah, this and thing. then he like puts his hand on. I was like this is the last It's like it was awesome how like everything went to a standstill even like the audience talking like because all the family up wanted to get something out of the will and uh, I, mean, I mean it was just awesome I waited for everything to be quiet mm-hmm. then the exposition music starts and then he goes yeah. into his <laughs> spiel I was like this is excellent yeah, I gotta say I'm, I'm fucking shocked at this movie <laughs> I do not like Wes Anderson he bores me
0: but uh, what are you basing that on? on oh, a up. lot of
1: his movies. <laughs> I like... Because, like, Bottle Rockets, there's a few funny jokes in it. Or Bottle Rocket, whatever it's called. There's a few funny jokes in it. I don't like Rushmore. <laughs> I don't like the Royal Tenenbaums. I like the Fantastic Mr. Fox. I didn't like Life of... I just... A majority of his movies I do not care for whatsoever. So yeah, the like characters? Ones, I mean... I don't... Is just, like... his, uh, just his uh, pacing. His pacing. Sometimes it's like... I get it. The guy walked into the scene really funny and weird. You could tell he's like... You know, the chemistry chemistry between the two characters is like... I mean, he's just one of those guys. He makes those weird movies. And, like, I get it. It's quirky. But to have a whole career like that, it's like, what else do you got, dude? What else (laughs) do you got but quirky people? This was a great movie, but... But I'd have to see those original writings by because it says it's based off original writings by Steven Zweig, which we might actually find out more about the nazi Rothschild yeah, yeah. connection if we read the original writings or whatever. That's yeah. true. You know? Yeah. <laughs> but... He's, uh, l-
3: Well, like, uh, you know, like your Tarantinos or your Kevin Smiths, he's got a voice. Like, you, you don't have to look at the screen. I mean, you can look at the screen and tell it's a Wes Anderson film, but also you can listen to it. And you can tell it's a Wes Anderson film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's, you know, like a, there's some sort of pentameter that he speaks in.
1: Well, there's always, like, a really, um, like, almost like a mute character. He always has some mute character that's, like, just listening in oh, he's, to whoever the fuck is filling the he's screen. He's so great at that. Yeah,
3: yeah, like, even, like, in this, like, Schwartzman, he's, you know, he's the, uh... The, concierge. The concierge. And- concierge he's in the background but as he's walking out of the frame you know he kind of <laughs> they like, start talking
2: about him that's what I'm saying that. it's like
1: watching a fucking Mighty Python movie that's yeah. why it's like he's hit and miss with me because it's like man there's there's like European quirkiness to it which I you know I do like but you know
2: that's the other thing. He can do, like, we were talking about his, like, filming everything clank, down the middle. That gives him opportunity. Like, we saw the jokes that he can add to the sides yeah, of the, the frame. Because the, yeah, yeah. there's that, there's Schwartzman dipping back in, there's, there's Edward Norton, Norton like, yeah. popped up and yeah. turned around. Edward, yeah, Edward Norton's on in this film. Like, he's around. able to do that, and just put little things in the corners <laughs> and everything.
1: Funny,
3: yeah. Yeah. It's very good. And the, the comedic timing is perfect, yes. you know I mean? This is definitely, he's not an improv has to be, he's, right? Like, yeah. Yeah.
1: everything is right. It is like, wait three seconds. Yeah. Pop up. Four is not funny three is funny three count one then turn around yeah Yeah. which is awesome
0: but it's a it's a level of control of everything I mean like there's nothing you don't get the feeling that you know some directors are trying to catch a movie as it's happening we're gonna catch you know film it like we're covering a story and this is like all very planned out yeah very yeah. planned, very strict, very you know. But I think the results are you know, which is almost good. like a and play, I think that's right? Keeps coming yeah. back. I would yeah.
1: imagine a play has to be like yeah. that, just yeah. to keep an actual constant flow to the play. Yeah, you man. need those beats. Like you can't wait too long to respond to somebody else, or your fucking show is going to be an hour and forty minutes, not an hour. 25 you know or something yeah. like that you know and timing.
3: A lot of the scenes feel like you, like almost he put a camera on the stage of a play you know and captured it through the lens of the camera because it, like it could be you know there's, right. there's nothing that's like I mean it's grand but it's grand in a way where like it's a model you
1: the know? fucking scenery I mean, like I was wondering it's like, goddamn, is this a fucking hotel somewhere it's a beautiful scenery I was
2: wondering, it's, built yeah.
1: It. yeah I was wondering yeah. too I don't know if it's just scenery like a studio or what
0: I don't know. I mean, if I was I guessing, know. I'd say I they, they built it. Built it. Yeah. They built it. I yeah. would say yeah. just because all yeah. the time periods and stuff that they. But had there's really to.
1: only. I mean, but
2: there's only
0: it's the lobby the, right, with yeah.
1: a staircase
0: and whatever, That's and then huge. the
2: different yeah. thing. Yeah. It is huge. Well, it's, it's huge but, but you, it's you know, not but not entirely... get that sense like. Just behind one of the doors, there's, you know, there's exactly. the scaffolding. And because everything. they have, uh,
0: you
1: know, in the, I forget what it was, in the, in the 40s or the 30s, they had that cool, round, uh, like, middle concierge, whatever, where in the 60s, you saw it was kind of this plain box, you know? Yeah. So.
3: Well, they also, I mean, there's a shot, and it could be anywhere, really, but it's like of, like, the glass, the curved glass skylight that mm-hmm. kind of runs the length of where the rooms are. Like, you get the feeling like it's overlooking the lobby. But uh, like that, I mean, do you build that or is that something – is that a miniature maybe? I don't know. It was,
1: it was already there. Because I, I,
3: I want to say the camera tilts up to it, but it's like this was the first time I really noticed it. It was just really impressive. Like, I don't know if it's real or not. And then they have the bathhouse.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: Which that could be real somewhere. No, that's
2: there. all built because the way they move between rooms, that's got to be set up specifically to get those shots. Yeah. the way they're connected. Well, he shoots yeah. also
0: like a lot of like point of view up. camera. Like if yeah. he'll if he'll have two characters talking to each other, he'll shoot it at like a complete like right angle, right? So you got two heads looking, Just at, each looking at each other yeah. in the frame, and then he cuts to one of their. Point of view, you know the point of view of one of the characters. Yeah, like looking right looking in the face, directly eye right. contact. With them. <laughs> but then, in order to do that, you have to take that wall out. I mean, in order to get all your equipment in there, I mean that's so those. I mean, that's kind of giving away like where some of the obvious you know the sets are.
3: Right. I mean the trains, definitely. Yeah. I gotta but say, what they, about the prison? The prison. Uh, the, I would I mean, sure a too. You know? yeah. yeah. To be honest
0: with yeah, you, yeah, it yeah, feels yeah, like a i movie. think it's all fabricated. Wow. Yeah
1: the one thing I didn't like about this movie was it's like blue night shot the blue like day for night shots or whatever the fuck those were those were really weird looking to oh they're like, running I could not, like, like, like that every shot at night almost just had like a weird blue haze like you could tell there was like I mean it looked kind of like a day for night shot it probably wasn't necessarily day for night I mean it might have just been like on a studio lit but then Shot day for night, something. There was something fucking weird to it. Mm. The only each, part I
3: didn't like. Each time period has a different look. I mean, like the 30s, it feels like they shot it with an older camera. You know, like they have they would do the vignetting around it, not just like the not
1: the in your face vignetting, like. But yeah, they did the, the, that on the keys thing the, when yeah. they were calling the keys guys and started doing the vignette. The, the 70s or 60s was very very orange everything.
2: Mm. I, yeah. I just figured out what it feels like to me the way he shoots it. It feels like a dollhouse. Yeah. The big yeah. dollhouses that open up and you get all the levels and it looks everything is shot from it looks like it always has three walls and that fourth one's gone and he's just he's shooting from those spots. Yeah. Like that's what it feels like.
3: Yeah. And he does that in uh, Zisu uh, with the when he's on the ship or the the submarine the boat. Right. He's you know he goes let me take you on my ship and he goes through all the different rooms you can actually see the cutout oh, well, yeah, yeah, I remember that. through the yeah. walls.
0: Yeah. yeah. So I, have a, I have a good memory of Steve Zisu. I mean, like, <laughs> well, I mean, my experience with Wes, Wes Anderson was uh, a friend of mine was way into Bottle Rock And said you got to watch this movie. And I fucking didn't get it at all. And then he was into Rushmore. You got to see this. And I'm like, okay, I can appreciate it, but it's just really not my thing. And Steve Zisa was the first one I thought, you know, I actually was like, this is a f- funny movie. I skipped the Darjeeling Limited because it just didn't look appealing to me at the time. Maybe i have to go back. And uh, I missed Fantastic Mr. Fox because I thought it was just a kid's movie. I didn't know that he actually had anything to do with it. it is kind so a kid's I saw, of I mean, like my Wes Literally. Anderson experience... <laughs> You know, is more since I've been paying attention to the fact that he's Westing I said I did see uh, Royal Tenenbaums, but uh, I
2: think we all saw that early. Yeah, I, just didn't I, saw, know.
3: I, I don't <laughs> really recall
0: it all that well. No, I don't. Either.
3: Man, I fell in love with that movie right from the start, and I saw it at the theater. And they went through you know the whole opening credits, is like everybody getting ready in the morning in front of the mirror. Well, they went through that, and then the projector stopped. <laughs> they were like, "Oh no, what's going to happen?" And then. Came back like a couple minutes later, and it was right back at the beginning. So we got to watch all that again, mm. and like everybody was cheering because it's hilarious, <laughs> you know. I mean, I think they first start with like the backstory on Royal, and then they go to that. But it's, I mean, I think Gene Gene Hackman, he's, I, I think Ralph Ralph Fiennes is probably like the Rafe Rafe I don't know. Rafe. It's Rafe, which is a, I'm telling you it's Rafe. It's the Rafe. It's Rafe. Or yeah.
1: somehow. <laughs> I don't know.
3: <laughs> I think Rafe is probably the best character he's ever created. He's awesome. But man. I think Gene Hackman as Royal Tenenbaum is a close close. It's second. just cuz he's an awesome actor. He's, he's so good in that movie. Man. It's so fine. funny. That movie really sucks
0: Well, it so doesn't let me suck. Ask you this then. I mean like you know, since your your knowledge of his uh, films is, you know, clearer than what I can remember. I mean, I remember like Bottle Rocket to me didn't seem like it had what you would consider the Wes Anderson style to it. It right. was
1: the script, though. It was the dry humor, just the things they said. The the script was there. it was yeah. sight comedy. Like I was just telling Brent how I love in that movie how uh, Luke Wilson gives his watch to the uh, that Mexican maid that he's in love with. Then the next morning her family calls, like, looking for her. He's like, what time is it? And he, like, looks at his, you know, his bare <laughs> wrist, and that's it, you know, I die. That's the only joke in that movie I just died at, looking at his bare wrist. <laughs> so that's it, that's the joke. That, yeah, you either you get that it is. or you don't. Like, it's one of those things. Yeah, and
3: it's, if you get it, then, like, that's that's gonna be the joke for the next, you know, however many films he's done. So, <laughs> it's, if you get that brand of humor, then... But, you're see, I pretty much the, all. Around.
1: I love that brand of humor, but like he's hit and miss with me. I love that brand Which of humor. Which
3: is strange, yeah. yeah. It's I, just,
1: but it's the same thing with, like, you're like, oh, I love BBC comedies. I can go, you know, rent shitloads of BBC comedies, and they're not going to be all funny just because it's like, just because it's this type of comedy, it's not mm-hmm. just like, it's hysterical always. Just like yeah. American comedy, it's not always funny, you know. Yeah. We got our fat mama's houses and our fucking,
0: you know, whatever we got. That is, that
2: is <laughs> yeah. like the second or third mentioning effect. Fat mama's well, house. it's fucking funny. <laughs> pathetic, I, it.
0: I thought you were gonna hold that fat up as the example. sometimes it's not funny, but then you can only have so many fat mamas. No, I'm you. just saying
1: there's good American comedy, bad American. Just like you can't just be like, Oh, British comedy, it's just all around hilarious. And it's like, Well, I'm sure there's plenty that's not funny, even yeah, though they like, yeah. think the fucking right. home improvements of you know, yeah, fucking BBC. But I just, I, I still, I still think that. I mean,
3: Wes Anderson. He, it's such a specific way of telling a story. You know, I mean.
0: Well, that was my question. Like, do you see like an evolution of? Because it seems like Rushmore was maybe the first one where I, I can identify a sense of style in that that yeah. you know, we're seeing amplified in this. But I mean, do you can you chart like the evolution of his, you know, uh, style no. or has it been pretty, late? like yeah. with Rushmore or I think so, bombs and just just continued to do that for the rest of his career.
3: Yeah, I think that Bottle Rocket was done on a budget and he didn't have the means. I, I'm, I fully believe that he had that vision, but just couldn't pull it off with the equipment they had. But like on the success of Bottle Rocket with Rushmore, he, I think he figured out or, you know, he was able to do his visual style, and I think it's stayed consistent ever since. Mm -hmm. I I haven't really seen it. Because it was so
1: artsy, and just the comedy, Yeah, you know, was so, like, I mean, shit, they played Rushmore on Comedy Central for fucking just, like, ten years. (laughs) It's like, god damn, like, it's the only fucking funny movie in America, you know?
3: Well, yeah, I mean, like, even when you look at, like, not just, it's not just the visual style, but the, the people that he works with, you know, he's got a it's growing, but he has like uh, compared to other directors, he has a tight knit crew that he works with, you know, or actors. You know, everybody comes back and does the next one, and the next one, and the next one. But like, it's not like a completely different cast each time. It's like, well, now we got uh, we got Ray Fiennes; he's the new one. You know, I mean.
1: I mean, those are but that's they all probably fit. just a good director, though, right? Because, I mean, you always constantly find, you find, like, Woody Allen worked with the same actor, even though, like, yeah, Woody Allen's probably went through, like, three or four different sets of people that, but they'll work with him for, like, 15 years. These are the people working with him. Yeah. Another 15 years, these are the people working with him. and you got that with, I mean, uh, I mean, I guess you can say people like Kevin Smith. People like Kevin Smith just know to keep, you know. So
0: you got that with people like Robert Rodriguez. Yeah. You, got <laughs> that Jessica Alba. you just like, like working with every. You know? Quentin Tarantino's like, got specific people. Yeah, Quentin Tarantino's always that. like. If I'm comfortable working with these people, and I think that they could do this part, then why not you know offer it to them first? And they say I had a good experience, so yes, right. Some know?
1: of these people might be because I mean I'm sure I didn't hear of Jason Schwartzman until Wes Anderson. Right, so I'm yeah. sure dude kind of owes his career to Wes yeah. Anderson so he'll probably just yeah do whatever you need man Yeah. plus he doesn't necessarily have much of a career outside of Wes Anderson Board to Death <laughs> was a really good series but uh, sad so to end it yeah everybody watched Board of Death never saw it awesome well, showtime, uh, showtime Ted dancing Jack Dancing. No, Jason no,
2: Schwartzman. Jason Schwartzman. And it was,
1: was uh, Zach Galifianakis. Yeah, that's it. The other it's fat actually his guy. Best the other show. fat funny guy. <laughs> his best show, though. It is. Because I don't like any movies he's in. His best show. Period. Yeah, yeah Bored to Death. Jason Schwartzman. Awesome. Awesome, <laughs> like kind of detective noir comedy. Awesome. I have to check that out. It's great, dude. Three seasons, I want to say.
2: Mm.
3: Travis recommends Bored to Death.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because um, it's the
1: only like Jason Schwartzman outside of Wes Anderson, right? I mean, what else the fuck has he done outside of Wes Anderson? To, uh,
0: it was, it was yeah, a killer back in the killer member of But then day. he's usually he's the not way. in movies that I'm like seeking out. That's I, the only thing. Yeah, I can't give you Sandra Bullock's like pornography either. Wes yeah, either. Oh, so you know, don't, you don't like Jason yeah. Schwartzman? Never really. I no. mean, well, he's seen comedies. i just, I'm not. But
1: only Wes Anderson, like I'm saying, I don't think he's
2: in anything outside of those. That's funny, people.
3: He's an I Heart
2: Yeah, which for a while I thought was a Wes Anderson, Wes Anderson movie. Really. <laughs> it looks like yeah, right? Yeah, this was when I was younger, but it, it felt like a Wes Anderson movie when I first saw yeah. it. I'm sure there were goals I hated yeah. that movie. Dude, you know it's what else bizarre. I thought it's bizarre.
0: was a Wes Anderson movie was Brothers Bloom. Like, that had that same <laughs> kind of like Oh, yeah, it, yeah, 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 kind of. Yeah. It, it does, like, and it's got, you know, it's got uh,
2: Adrian Brody in it as well. Yeah, so they just know
1: it's quirky, so like... But it had that... It has that feel, It works for this
2: guy. It's just... And even Let's some of it. the like some of the same they have some of the same filming techniques yeah. Ryan Johnson and uh, But I don't West see Anderson. that in
0: like other Ryan Johnson movies. like no. that was like a departure even from you know from Brick to uh, Brothers Bloom right. and then to Looper.
2: I think um like Brick and Brothers Bloom are more related filmmaking style than than, than they
0: are to Looper. Like, mm-hmm. Luber is... Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, he's
2: far advanced off of those two, yeah. but... but yeah. Brothers
0: Bloom seems like it was some kind of debt owed to Wes Anderson. It, uh, something, I, I yeah. <laughs> yeah, you that one it, was... I mean, maybe one he just was made it more palatable, pal- palatable, pal- palatable. 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 Yeah. I mean, it's exciting to see, like, a, a filmmaker that actually, you know, I mean, he doesn't pander to his audience, you know. There's a joy to kind of like just watching the story unfold. It's one of those where you can't like, don't know tell where anywhere is going
1: to go. You don't well, know who the main character's ever going to be. It, you don't know. <laughs> it seems
0: like he's intentionally, in some cases, you know, intentionally trying to subvert what the audience expectation mm-hmm. is. I mean, right off the bat, there's that you know. The interview with the author Tom Wilkinson sitting at a desk talking. to them. Oh my yeah, like, god! He's got his, his stuff. He's my gonna kid. read. He's like, I'm gonna tell you a story that happened to me on you know blah blah blah. And then like, stop you it! You hear this? Stop it! You hear this? Like door open. He Go <laughs> he do it! <laughs> <laughs> stop it! the Camera whips over. There's this little kid running around with a like with uh, a dart gun, dart gun, gun. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like okay, all right. We're just gonna be weird and whatever. And then like the kid comes back in while he's still talking. Puts his hand on his shoulder. And he's like, I'm oh, sorry.
2: Right, immediately. It's like I know you're. It's you yeah. yeah, right. right. you so, okay. It just continues so to good. And it's like
0: where, what, like where does that come from? Where are, are you it? just intentionally so trying good. to do like, well, we got to do one of those scenes? You know what would make it interesting? Yeah. is if we had some unexpected. That's thing what I
1: kind of think. I kind of think like you're thinking. Okay, here's a man. Like, okay, well, I'm just thinking about. Let's think of a uh, like Iron Man, and uh, in Iron Man Two, Tony Stark watches all the films of his father just making a film and saying so I can only imagine Wes Anderson is thinking oh you know what if while you're making this film something happens you know this guy's yeah, we're going to
2: show man. him take two and take three was the perfect one take two is the one that got fucked up yeah. somewhere along the way Fucking that's genius, more interesting man. to show than <laughs> yeah, yeah. something oh, don't do else <laughs> don't stop it stop don't, don't do that <laughs> <laughs> we watched just that scene again. I swear to God, that was so funny.
0: That's
1: when I had to let my guard down. I'm like, oh God, because I'm always like, oh fuck, Wes Anderson. I will never willingly go into one of his movies. I just won't. Yeah. After this, will you? Probably not. I don't know. because I know, still, like, yeah, I just know his. I'm more open to that. That. like he, you have to surprise me.
0: You
3: know, you got to go see Moonrise Kingdom. Yeah. King. Yeah, yeah. That one I want to see. That one I want to
0: go back and see. Yeah, I mean, that was similar to this as far as like. I, as Especially if it's got Ed Norton. Of it, I like Goofy you know, Ed Norton. And what it left you yeah. with, you know, when it was mm-hmm. over. It's very goofy. It's just, yeah. it's fucking laugh out loud. Because really, it, it depends
1: on how interesting his characters, are. You know, because that's really what it all is, right? Is yeah. how interesting his characters are, and the and just how fast they get to something of a plot or a story. <laughs> like, whatever. Because yeah. that's the only problem with the kind of, you, know, you know, whatever you want. I, don't know, I mean, what do you want to call it? Drab, quirk, not drab, uh, quirky, dry... It's dry what? This this one. It's his style it's, Just his whole style It's, it's a quirky dry. dry
3: Yeah It's kind it's of dry Like guy. it
1: takes you A good a half an hour To kind it's of find directory. out What his movies are about Like you yeah. gotta get into it. I thought that
0: there. was interesting too That it took so long To actually figure out What like What is the plot of this yeah, you know, and I mean, then it got rolling. Yeah, so he gives you, just you
2: characters, of, and then then the situation just kind of comes. Yeah, in it wasn't, it's, always, it was,
0: it's not boring up until no, then. No, no, not right. at all. I mean, there's still like interest, you know. Right, that's what exactly. Because I, like, I feel right. like
1: you're dealing with characters, and then yeah, you have to watch those characters deal with situations. It's not, it's not necessarily the situations driving the characters. Right, right. Yeah, you know, <laughs> the characters are walking into the situations. Yeah, at least that's what it feels like.
3: Yeah, it does, and I mean this. The way this one unfolds is probably one of the most interesting ones that he's done really I mean it's just man even like I love like it, when you talk about sight gags I love after they escape from the jail uh, I mean all the stuff in the jail is great sight g- sight gags as they're escaping you know like the, oh, the stabbing yeah <laughs> oh, that was, yeah, that <laughs> that was good or, or they don't show to it to trying to
0: escape and they like they've, they've made it the whole way through this like you know through the tunnels and through the rooms and through the garden and they open a hatch in the floor and look down and there's this table like a, it's with like a card, a card game going playing on a card game they look guards look up the prisoners like and then the one prisoner takes a knife out and he's like jumps so in They there. call it the throat slitter. <laughs> 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 yeah. and you just yeah. hear this action taking place. Oh, oh, oh. And when we finally get to see what's going on, the... Uh, you the see a cop. Slitter. The cop's... Fucking right, stabs driving him. it yeah. into him, And yeah. then he just...
1: T- 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 yeah, like at
3: the so same like time. a fucking ice pick like, yeah. thing. It yeah. Yeah. Very the, the like,
0: it's like fucking dramatic. saving
3: Private yeah, Ryan.
2: Like, yeah. Yeah, like, uh, uh, yeah, uh, uh, yeah. it's a very,
1: like, uh, no-win situation of yeah. war and death. But I thought that was awesome. You know, a dude gave up his life so those other guys can escape.
2: That's kind of like That's even done for comedy. Well,
0: he diffuses whatever kind of... Because that's, like, that's real violence. Right. You know? But he diffuses it with like, well, I guess you'd call that a draw, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And the music's all upbeat. It just kinda you know, it's like we're not gonna shy away from it. Where I think another another movie, if it was, you know, saying we're a comedy because he, this is too hard Because he is a comedy, barely a
1: character. You know? He's a name, Gustav or whatever. That's really all he is, a name. Who? Well the, the guy concierge? that God died. Oh the oh, guy yeah, that died. Yeah, Pepe or whatever yeah was his name was. Yeah. I think it was like, <laughs> uh, yeah, I thought it was like Gustav. Well, M. Gustav is. Yeah, because I mean, uh, he's well, not a finds. character, so who cares how you see him die? It doesn't need to be dramatic. We know nothing about him <laughs> well, or his what,
3: situation. <laughs> what's so great, and this is again what's, what uh, puts you know like Wes Anderson outside of the box is the idea that you you don't cut to the the fight right in the beginning. And it, you know, if you're an action movie, you cut right to it. If you're a comedy, you never cut to it. But he waits until the funniest moment to cut to the fight, right? Which is it's all like the a- other pr- or all the other cops are. Stabbed, and there's the last one, and it's a double murder type situation that's going on. <laughs> that's It's like a
1: cartoon. Yeah. It's, it's like yeah. a cartoon because it needs to have it's the pacing, right? And all the, those old cartoons from the '40s was all music that they animated to, so everything had the pacing of the music, and had same thing with when uh, when they were going up the. Uh, the little elevator things, yeah. or right. whatever they were called, yeah, the, the ski the lifts. lift, yeah, or the whatever. Ski lifts. And then, as soon as it like stopped, it the squeak, the squeaking of the swinging mixed in with the music, mixed in with the music. And then, perfectly. even when the second one came in, it made, I was like, this is like a fucking cartoon, man. It's like that a merry Melody. That was great. That, yeah. That's genius to uh, me. That's brilliant filmmaking. When, like, I like to know they always say. uh, like a conductor does his job if you don't notice it I love to notice music I want to notice music going along with the scene to me that like I don't know it just like does something yeah it's entertaining it's entertaining
3: it's another layer that you get to discover and if you don't catch it the first time the next time and that's the
2: thing with this like it makes me want to rewatch it because everything like the, the comedy bits go by so quick yeah like, especially yeah. all the stuff Ray Fiennes was doing, like, it, it goes by so fast, you're like, oh, this is funny, I want to, wait, go back.
3: Yeah. I want more. And the early dialogue in this film, I'll be honest, I still don't quite get it. I mean, because everything that Jude Law is saying is so quick, and it's so elo- elo- eloquent. 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 I'm not eloquent, but <laughs> what he was saying was, and, like, the first time in the theater, I was lost in the beginning, and then the second time here, I'm starting to, you know, understand it more. It's it's a flowered up version of basically, you know, introducing the story and what we're going to. be Well, doing I figure
1: that's a, that's the book she's reading,
0: right? right. The little yeah. girl that yeah. goes to the. I, goes oh yeah, but, thing, but that's, I mean, the- my question is: if you watched it a second time, like, do they? Because it it seemed to me that that style of speaking, you know, the the the, the writing never really changed throughout the movie. It, it felt like it, you know Ray Fine's character spoke like that. Yeah. Uh, you know, other characters spoke like that along the way, so it was like, you know, the first time you saw it, you know, was it like, I don't know what, you know, it, it takes you a while to, yeah. to get into it, and then once you're tuned into it, you're fine for the rest of the movie, or, now seeing it this time, is it more, like, verbose at the it's, beginning?
3: It seems like, I mean, uh, later on, it seems like the dialogue is more focused. Mm, oh, okay. And in the beginning, well, everything... It's like narration. Well, it's narration in the beginning. Yeah.
0: yeah. Does he always employ a narrator?
3: Usually. Well, no. Well. <laughs> I mean, well, Life
1: Aquatic doesn't have a I narrator. Think Bottle Rocket does, does it? No, Bottle Rocket I doesn't. I think... Tenenbaums does. I think Mr. Fox does. Mr. Fox does it? I don't say Moonrise Kingdom. Uh, I can't recall. I can't recall. Did it? I think
0: no, I it, think, felt, it feels like it. Because I think
1: Mr. Fox Faw- well acts more like a storyteller, North. Yeah. Care. Well, at least Narrators, there's, there's you know moments I in the yeah.
0: in in Moonrise Kingdom, I'm sure, where you know right, somebody's reading something, you know, and narrating. Yeah, yeah. What's going on? So
3: is is Alec Baldwin probably the best narration. Ever. I think
1: it's just kind of like that 19 like 40s, just like I mean, talky, right? I mean, that's what it feels like to me. Just the idea that you know, back in the day. You know, they made dialogue so much just because, I mean, what did you have? You know, well, yeah. you're making plays, that's all you have, is this guy's going to say this thing. So it okay. seems like that's what the dialogue... The, the dialogue seems more like 1940s filmmaking to me. Just, yeah. I mean, because you got to listen to them. Yeah. You know, if you're not listening, you're not going to fucking right. know what's going on. It's all dialogue. I mean, every detail.
3: And maybe that's a little bit of both. I mean, because the first time I saw it, you know, you're, okay, who are these characters? Who am I supposed to be, you know? Mm-hmm. And not knowing, maybe like all the other characters in the hotel in the '60s that he's talking about,
2: right. might oh, okay. be main
3: characters. But yeah. like, I'm missing it. I'm like, wait, no, slow I down, you. wait. You. <laughs> yeah, you know, man. he's he's just going through it so fast.
1: I kind of wish some of those characters, because I don't know. At the very beginning, to me, he's building such a a picture of like. The type of people that would like live in a fucking hotel. Mm-hmm. You know, cause that's what I was imagining right from the get go. I was like, oh, imagine living in a hotel, just yeah. paying your weekly or your monthly fucking thing, you know. Mm-hmm. I was kind of hoping some of those, like, tenants would have came into play, like, if he would have made, like, specific references to certain tenants. that, just because, I don't know, I'm just, like, I'm fascinated in that sort of idea. Because, yeah. I mean, they're trying to make, you know, the Grand Budapest Hotel an institution, you know, not a fucking hotel. This is a thing, and there's the quirky people that live here, and, like, you know, either some of them you notice, some of them know each other, some of them, you know, so, I, like, I was like, shit, I kind of wish that, I kind of wish Ray Fines or whatever, I kind of wish his knowledge of those people... Would have came into play, even though it was just Jude Law referring to those people and not uh, not uh, the the Fines character. But still, I'm just saying, like they built a picture of these interesting people that live there, yeah. And they didn't get to be part of the film. And
2: you could, <laughs> yeah, you could
3: do a whole movie just on right. But I think that's great that he
2: can do that, and you know, like leave you wanting, like give you just a little bit of that. <laughs> around the edges.
1: There's actually a lot of stories that involve that, though. That's why it interests me. There's a lot of stories that involve the quirky people that live in this house that's like, ah, shit, who lives there? You know, like, I want to know. The lady number three does this. (laughs) Yeah.
3: Well, and that brings up the point, do you think that uh, any of the, like, maybe subconscious Stanley Kubrick connection is with the Overlook? Like the
0: Grand Uh, Budapest and the Overlook? I mean, I don't know. I mean, I suppose if you're making a movie set in a hotel, it's you know, at some point, The Shining is on your mind or in some It's just the idea of it. what
1: hotels meant back in the day. Hotels yeah. just meant something more, you know, the rich Carlton, the... Uh, All the best people stayed here.
2: Yeah, you know, yeah, it's just
1: that <laughs> idea that, like... Because, yeah, rich people, yeah, they, you know, they wouldn't... You know, if you're making movies and shit, you're just staying at this hotel in New York. You're just staying here. You're just, you know, so the idea that, yeah, rich fancy people stay in these fucking hotels yeah, the just interest star. you fancy schmancy five
0: star
2: hotels
0: fancy. yeah I don't know fancy. I mean uh, I mean, it's just you know it just it it interests me going back and just you know replaying some of the shots I mean it does feel like and I guess that's what I'm trying to figure out it's like you know does Wes Craven or Wes Craven Wes Anderson <laughs> have like you know uh you know uh, <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right? the new concierge Freddy Krueger but you know is Stanley Kubrick one of his idols or well oh, come on what filmmaker you know but I, I mean, kind of like, hate Stanley Kubrick like, and he's he one of my idols it, like he's taking it and trying to like evolve that style or is this something that he came to on his own I mean that's a, I'm just kind of curious about that. I mean,
2: well, no one yeah, looking
0: I mean, at his stuff. It just seems like they share a similar photographic. Look at Amelie, and the lighting right? as
2: well. Like if you look at the lighting in this movie, it's very reminiscent of like The Shining comes to mind. Maybe it's just because they're both hotel movies, but it's it's almost I don't know how to describe it, but I mean, it's almost more of a spotlight lighting on certain parts in the background. It's weird. I don't know yeah. how to describe. it. I would it, say it looks to me it's, it's that lighting. Yeah, because
1: like to me this looks like Amelie or something. you know. Like, Amelie has that weird, like, just vibrant fucking
0: colors.
1: Uh, well, yeah, as, at times. not that clean,
0: like, you know, because I guess what I'm talking about is, like, the way that Kubrick and Wes Anderson both go for this, like, you know, dead-on kind of symmetrical, you know, image. You know, it's like, or because because who, who else shoots like that where they will put, like, the subject, you know, directly in the center of the, well, I guess Jonathan Demme did it, a little bit like Silence of the Lambs and stuff like that. He would do close-ups, so that was his style. I think through Philadelphia and maybe some other stuff, where he'd get right up uh, on somebody's face. But well, Luke Fossen, does he do that? The, yeah, He's but I mean, fresh. like, but so <laughs> even like in a wide fresh. shot where the subject them. would be like dead center in the frame, I'm like, who else does this stuff? So you're going to shoot a door, you just you look opposite that door. You're always about at eye angle with your subject. I mean, there's no real, you know. Yeah. Well, uh, I guess he did have like some high and low That's angles but for the most part it was like you were at just creates a eye space line with these people yeah yeah it, it creates a space but it's like a geometric space in some way it's like I mean
1: right from the get go when the movie starts with the girl I mean he always uses like it's like there is no like I guess what you would call like mid close up it's like he starts with an extreme uh like extreme like line. wide up uh, you know, with the camera way back, it wasn't that close, but like extreme, uh, wide angle. Yeah, I guess, yeah, I guess just that. Then he'll just go in a little closer, even though that would be a normal person's exterior, like wide, Uh like opening shot. That's his like coming in to the character, like seeing their whole body. Yeah. And a little bit, you know, a good, a good few feet above their head and a few like inches below their feet, like a foot below their foot. So you just get this like, Fuck you know this. I mean, it's nice looking.
3: You're talking about it, The master shot is.
1: Yeah, his uh, most people's master shots would be the yeah. person's full body. Where his master shot is like you know right. about so 20 feet from the ground to the sky with the person walking in on the the bottom third mm. of the scene. Yeah.
0: So and then know, like, he goes in... That, that's like how people used to compose films for a big screen, you know? It's, I think now right. it's something that we've lost, where, like, you're looking at, you know, they're, they're checking everything on TV monitors, and they got to shoot, like, you know, everybody's, like, close-ups, so this is where we can see them. But when you're watching a movie in a theater, you're going to have people... The way you look at, like, big epic movies from, like, the 60s, you know, like, Lawrence of Arabia or Ben-Hur, or any of those, like, their framing is, you know, you're seeing, like, entire like almost head to toe or at least head to knee yeah. shots of people, saw, you know, two right. people in one shot kind of thing, which yeah. now we're all a lot closer, you know. And you,
3: you know what else he does? Like, we, but we. Yeah. we? the, the Stop the, that.
0: The, the uh,
3: you know, the idea of having the entire ensemble or the entire, all the characters in a scene all in one shot. Yeah. That's yeah, awesome. I mean, yeah. That's, a, that's an old fashioned form of filmmaking that it needs to come back because it's I great. like and it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I like I it. I love mean, it.
2: And they're also doing that whole facing one direction thing.
1: Yeah.
3: Well. yeah. That's they're weird. not all
2: around a table. They're all. Yeah.
1: <laughs> definitely like a like a theater type feel. Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, just because, like, we didn't see one angle of the family. We only saw, like, when the whole family is sitting in that room waiting for the will to be read, you only see them from the extreme front and the extreme back. Yeah, yeah, there's, yeah, like, yeah. no middle. Well, like, like, you just want to see all those people in lines. It's like, like
0: he's drawn a line, like, somehow, you know, like, about whatever. Three feet, four feet up, and then just down the exact center, and like that's yep. the only point at which you can have a camera. Yeah, somewhere along that line.
3: He's taken a one eighty degree rule and, and like just
0: turned it. Yeah. that way.
3: Yeah, he's just well, he just like, can only stay in that line. Right. The
0: the the dialogue scenes where you have two people facing each other, it's like there's almost like this T intersection where like each <laughs> person makes one point, and the viewer or the camera makes the other one. It's like it's all like these right. geographic, uh, <laughs> geometrical. Shapes are being made, or, you know, constructed yeah. in space. I don't know. Yeah. I thought it was really interesting
1: when, uh, when, uh, I'm trying to think of the exact scene. I forget what was so noticeable. Oh, when, I want to say when, uh, when after, after, uh, Fines escaped from, uh, prison and they went back to the hotel and there's the scenes, oh, shit. there's the scenes of, uh, of like the people at the hotel recognizing him. Mm. But it was just weird how the camera's behind the characters. Yeah. Then it 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 will just pan over to the person and the person's reacting to the camera. He's not reacting to the line of sight that the characters are at. Yeah. Yeah. He's reacting to the camera. I was like, that's weird as well. When they
0: he was talking with they were in the elevator or whatever and he was giving the zero the interview. And Gustav was interviewing Zero, he, you know, because the close-ups are on Zero looking off camera left, right, and then when the camera swivels over to Gustav, he's not matching eye line, <laughs> you know, because he's like he's looking. He, the camera, he wouldn't be looking in that place. He should have been looking over here when the camera turned. <laughs> right. here, you know, that's not that's a good illustration awesome. for radio, but <laughs> you can watch the movie and see what we're talking. You get the
3: picture. Should yeah, watch it. Yeah. yeah, yeah
0: so should we wrap it?
3: Wrap it up. Her. 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 Yeah. Yeah. So I guess it that up.
0: starts with me. That, uh, yeah, I mean, um, I I want to see more Wes Anderson movies for sure. I mean, like I said, I either have to go back and reevaluate the earlier ones that I saw, you know, with the new uh, pair of eyes. I liked, I loved and liked Moonrise Kingdom, and I think I like this even more. So, I'm just happy that, you know, I keep bemoaning the fact, I'm, I'm an old fucking angry old man, right? There's something. I sit there going, like, God damn it, every fucking movie in Hollywood is the same. They're just louder. They cost more money. They're bigger, flashier. They're but it's too the loud. Same, it's the same shit, like, every goddamn week. And the problem that I see with that, you know, it's like, is that, you know, with budgets going up and all this shit, it's like you're you're squeezing out all of these other more interesting type of movies that can't find a theater screen to play at, and they end up going direct to video, or you know everybody's trying to find some new way of getting these to you. There's a couple rare uh, filmmakers working out there, and I think uh, Wes Anderson is you know among them that you know still get to operate with a Hollywood quality budget and get their films distributed nationwide. I mean, this is a you know it goes out to mainstream theaters, but it's you know more exciting, I think, in some ways because there's you know, it feels new, it feels fresh there's, um, like I was saying earlier, a joy to watching the movie. I mean, it has a, I'm not, by ruining anything, but it's the ending is bittersweet, and when it's over, you're like, you know what, that was a fucking good movie. And that's kind of what it leaves you with. And Fuck, you know, was... we didn't even
1: talk about that shit, damn it. What? Like, the idea of, like, the, the SS Nazis stopping them on the train, and, like, shit, we didn't even talk about any of that shit. No, they anyway. They can anyway. watch it. Yeah. I guess. So. <laughs> but yeah, that's
0: a definite recommendation from me. That's Colin.
1: I, uh, yeah, I loved it. I would not say the same for all of Wes Anderson's movie, but I don't think just because a director makes a crappy movie, I don't think you should discount him. Same thing with Vice Versa. Just because he only makes good movies doesn't mean you got to love every fucking thing they do. You know, so I'm glad that uh, that uh, Brent made me watch it because I would not have ever... I, like, I was done with what... Life Aquatic, I was just done. I'm like, you know what? <laughs> Fuck this shit. I'm, like, tired of these people looking at each other with, like... With, like just, like, monotone faces and voices, and that's, like, the quirkiness. I'm just sick of it. But, you know, after a while, like, I agree with Colin that it, it – I mean, the reason I say, like, it feels like just just like foreign filmmaking to me because, yeah, like, a simple thing, like, you, it's a joy of watching it. Like, it puts you in a universe where you have, like, almost no stake in anything. You don't feel too connected or too – too disassociated with anything in the movie but you're just watching it like they're not even really focusing on like characters like personal intents because really that's almost not for you the viewer to fucking know these characters have their own ideas and their own heads you're just kind of watching the outside play along you know like I love the scene I mean the only like real scene in this movie is when uh, 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 Gustav uh, or uh, Rafe Finds, uh, escapes from prison, and he says, "Like, well, did you get the the costume or the disguises?" The dude's like, "No." He's like, "Well, what the fuck good are you? What the hell kind of like, you know, whatever?" And the kid's like, "Well, uh, you know, my parents died. Uh, you know, when the when the war came there, quote unquote, the Nazis." And he's like, "Oh, so so you're more of a refugee? Okay, well, forget everything I just said." <laughs> like,
0: I apologize on behalf of the hotel. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, on behalf of the hotel. So I just like how even though even though there are some serious things going on, they the he never lets you look past what you're looking at. It's not your fucking position to know everything. Because I mean, most dialogue in movies is someone's personal feeling you know so much to the point that it's like well people don't fucking talk like that you know because no one's just spilling the beans I mean that's exposition that's whatever I like this to where you don't fucking it's none of your goddamn business what a character really feels in his heart and soul you only get to see what he says to other people and you only get to see how he interacts with other people that's for you to look at that and make a decision, yeah, yeah. whether it be accurate or not, writing. that's yeah. good writing. That's <laughs> yeah. showing somebody just just in the life of, not just like, well, my mom died, in case you're wondering why I'm sad when I look at this picture, you know, it's just like, fuck, okay, well, that's not a mystery, you know, that's not like, yeah. you know, he just said it, so uh, I guess that's a what...
0: counterpoint we- to that. I watched a uh, premiere of a television show just recently, and the first, like, three scenes were, like, where they're introducing <laughs> the characters the character comes in, sits down, and basically tells you everything about this is about myself. Blah 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 blah. I do this, this, and I'm like, Jesus Christ. Like there's no we have nothing to the imagination. Yeah, I mean, you don't even have to act at that point. You just come in and fucking spew it all and there's the character. I'm like, that's ah, it's just I hate when you're Let watching
1: you see, like something of a sci-fi movie and the character comes out, he's been like How long's it been? Five years? Yeah. It's just like <laughs> <laughs> fuck It's like god damn it, exposition <laughs> six. <laughs> You know it's been seven years since this happened in this world we live in.
3: There's this classic scene in – it's uh, Born on the Fourth of July where they're in the kitchen eating and uh, Tom Cruise says something that the mom doesn't agree with and she says – you know, so-and-so, you know I don't believe in that sort of thing. Or, you know, like, it's like she's explained to her son what her personality is. (laughs) It's like that would never, ever happen in the real world. I mean, it just would
1: not. By the way, you remember when this happened in your life?
0: Seven years ago.
1: (laughs) Right. So I I highly recommend this movie. I thought it was great fun. Uh, Can't say much else for other Wes Anderson movies, but... At least he got one. Mr. Fox. Fantastic. I love Mr. Fantastic. Mr. Fox. Man. I had the Kloon. I had the Kloon. The Kloon. Yeah. yeah. Klune helped on, on that one. The clue needs to be in a live action Wes Anderson. He does, too, good. actually. Oh, he good. will. He would. He'd be fucking. Well, I don't know, actually. See, I don't know if he would be. Because he has the Cohen brothers. He, they write for George Clooney. They <laughs> yeah. know the comedy. George Clooney can act, you know? Yeah. But I wonder. That would be a good, like, if you can get the Cohen brothers to mash up with Wes Anderson to have the most, like hysterical, like, 1950s comedy. <laughs> like, uh, hey, doll, you know. Quirky comedy mashup. Yeah, just quirky right. comedy mashup. Maybe they could do, like, anthology stories.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: anthology fun. story with the Coen brothers and and, and with Francis. Yeah. So, yeah, I recommend it.
2: Amen. <laughs> and he left. Um, uh, wonderful movie. Um, uh, aside from Royal Tannenbaums, I think this is my first... Uh, first uh, uh, Wes Anderson movie, you know, seeing all the way through. I've always been hesitant to see his other movies, like uh, Steve Zizu Like, didn't just from looking at it. I I probably saw fifteen minute minutes of it on HBO one day, and just even like Travis said, it's just their monotone faces. Just like I couldn't, I don't know, I couldn't do it for some reason. Um, I never, I just never got around to seeing some of the other ones. You know, he's never been a director like who was my go to to go see anything. Like, oh, I need to go see this after seeing this one I mean this is probably it's gonna to be tough to beat this one so I'm still a little weary of going back and watching all his movies but I definitely want to go back and check some of them out I definitely want to see moonrise Kingdom I think, you get close I think sure. yeah, yeah because it's got it's got the characters like the characters in this movie are fantastic it's my favorite type of Ray Fiennes. it's um, it's a goofier version of him which I love Um great characters. love the dialogue. I want to rewatch this right now because just to catch, I really would sit down and probably rewatch this again, just, or at least certain scenes because just to catch everything that I may have missed. And it doesn't have to be back
3: till midnight tomorrow. So there we go. But,
2: uh, it's funny. I love what he does with the camera. Uh, like we discussed, he, he just populates, you know, he gives you center and then populates the rest of the screen with just stuff that you have. you, You might not even see until like second or third viewings. Yeah. Um, uh, if other films of his are like this, um, I'm in. I'll definitely go back and check some of it out. Um, yeah, I definitely recommend it. Cool.
3: Wow. I mean, I, like this was – it wasn't like you know, a thought after, decided – like you know this – I had three other films that you guys probably all would have hated. But uh, <laughs> the, the off chance that I picked this is great. Um I've been a huge fan of Wes Anderson ever since. Really, I think what did it... Well, I mean, Rushmore is really what did it. But uh, Royal Tenenbaums is really what kind of put it over the top for me. And ever since Royal Tenenbaums, yeah, I mean, I've been in. Like I said, Steve Zissou and Darjeeling Limited, at first watch, first viewing, they kind of, you know strayed from the path that I thought I was on with this guy with Wes Anderson. But like as I watched them more and more, I got into it more and more. And there is I mean, there's a familiarity with his storytelling that I think like now I mean he has proven himself that you're gonna get that, you know, that Wes Anderson brand from every film. Yeah. And it's it's weird how like we were saying with the music in this one. Like, his filmmaking does call attention to the fact that you're watching a movie. It doesn't, like, hide it, yeah, you know? Exactly. I mean, it's it's very in-your-face, but it's not in a bad way. Not on purpose. Because you are yeah. watching a movie. Why
1: not, right? Yeah. Why well, not?
3: So many films, you know, you're supposed to lose that willing suspension of disbelief or have that willing suspension of disbelief in this. I always feel like I'm watching
2: a movie. But I'm always impressed right. by and it. too. It kind of goes back to what Travis was saying, like, the no real stakes in what you're watching. Yeah. Like, you're, you're watching and enjoying. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's, nothing. it's tough to identify
3: <laughs> with these characters, you know? I mean, these and are... do you have to? You right, you don't need to. You, you don't need to. No, you it's really not, don't. I
0: think you... Do you? Are I you, know, you identify with them as, no. like... How do you identify with this? Movie? No, I mean, as as human The lobby things, boy. You know, it's like you, you identify with them as human, because, like, yeah. so many times in movies, it just seems like the, the, the personality of the thing was generated by a computer. It doesn't feel like a person. It's just like, I am programmed to spill out this dialogue and then move on to the next scene, because we have to move this train along. But we only
1: know this guy's quirky personality. We know nothing about him. We only know... Right, and the
0: fantastical sort of situations
2: they come into, don't, I think, for me, don't allow me to, you know, relate to them because I'm like, I, I'll, I'll never no, go I'll through never that with a painting this, oh, and have yeah, the yeah. the ZZ chasing me and shooting at me and stuff like that. So I don't, uh, like I said, we can just watch them and thoroughly enjoy it, but I don't necessarily need to relate to these people. I think
0: because yeah. it's, it's it's layered <laughs> because there's, like, enough, there's all these different... I'm sorry, this is your... <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. No. But because there's so many different little, you know, because they have, like, all these different quirks, it makes them feel more three-dimensional. Maybe that's... Yeah. Three-dimensional Indeed. as far as, maybe, not relatability. But well, well, yeah, so, I
3: mean, it's... I think the characters are so rich that you... You want, you know, like, when the kid tells a story about his parents being killed in the war, that breaks your heart. But I can't identify with that personally i haven't gone. i haven't experienced that but as a human and the human you know drama i guess you could call it tragedy like i i can identify with that or i can empathize empathize thank you you empathize with it but yeah it's still it's detached from me you know like they're not like tapping right into my heartstrings (laughs) i'm just like that sucks but i've never been there so you know it's not like personal But, yeah, the empathy is there. Um, So, yeah, what was I saying? (laughs) Oh,
2: but you were very... uh,
3: Well, then I should just stop right here. (laughs) I've loved every single Wes Anderson film I've seen. Some took longer than others, but I highly recommend this. And go see his body of work. It's it's something. I mean, it's done with a confidence, and it's done with... uh, He's got a good eye. And I think that visually, just... Again, I mean, you can watch this with the sound off. It's an amazing film. You can watch it with the sound on and the picture off, and it's an amazing film. So, so you're, you're, he's covered. You're covered on all bases.
1: And, At the end, watching, it, I kind of wish the whole movie was black and white. At the end, when it went black, well, and you I was like, "Oh it? fuck, the yeah. whole movie kind of would look nice in black and white." That, that yeah, because there was like nice a weird
3: ending. tint. There was a little bit like a pinkish tint to the black there and white. It? There's something. There's something. <laughs> yeah, <man. laughs> kind of stars the again. I also want to point out we didn't say the girl's name. Oh yeah, the actor, we didn't talk the about her. yeah, yeah. Saoirse, Saoirse Ronan. Yeah. Who I don't know?
1: think we talked about the
2: characters whatsoever. So she yeah, <laughs> and the lovely Belle. All, lo- she, lovely and all she
1: really did, all her character did, was put the little hammers in cookies to give it to the prison. That's really all she did in the movie.
0: She was important because Zero thought she was. Important. There you go. Yeah. There
1: you go.
0: Great. And
3: everybody loved the 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 Mendels. She made the well. Yeah, everybody liked Mendels. She wasn't really making the thing about it, but yeah. I mean, that's just that's just great storytelling. You know, I mean, it's awesome, fantastic. Uh, but yeah, so go watch it next week.
0: Oh, next week it's my movie. So, oh shit. Oh, come on. Well, I was gonna do like.
1: I, got a, no, I was going to
0: do Rushmore, one. but... Well, as <laughs> so, I was thinking about it, I got another one that's set in a hotel It was going to be two weeks away. Now, you know what? I'm going to stick with my original plan. We're going to watch Foxy Brown, oh. the exploitation classic starring Ooh. Pamela Greer as Foxy, Foxy Brown. Brown. Foxy it's Brown. a better movie than Dolomite. I'm making that promise right now. That is pretty good.
2: Dolomite I was pretty do, fantastic, you know? man. You boy. shut your mouth.
0: Okay, well, <laughs> we'll put those one up to the, the taste test channel. Better
3: watch what you say. Watch
0: yeah. So that's next week on the Saturday Night Freak Show. Until then, we're done. Oh, shit, you got him!